If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? This is Kalo from the Get Comfy Podcast. And before we get into the next episode, I want to talk about the sponsor of the Get Comfy Podcast, and that's Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. If you don't believe me, let me explain. First of all, it's free. Second of all, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also do the hard work for you and distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's pretty much everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, let's get into this episode. Three, three, two, two, one. You know what I feel like doing? What? I feel like kicking back, relaxing, getting comfy. Welcome to the Get Comfy Podcast. I'm your host, Kalo, as always, here to give you the lowdown, and I'm joined by my co-host. What up, guys? This is DJ Am in the building, and we have a special guest in the building. Special guest? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody what's up. Hi, I'm Jen Fellman. I'm a, a singer in New York City. So Jen is a musical performer. Way more talented than I'll ever be. I just do the talking, yeah. not the singing part. Nope. Um, she's going to be performing at the Beach Cafe on March 20th, coming up very, very soon. As yeah. of right now, it's March 4th, so it's going to be coming up very soon. She's going to be performing her first solo album, Forbidden Drive, and pretty excited about this. Yeah, you know, I've been hearing some of your songs on YouTube, and it was something I wasn't expecting. It was a different type of music, different type of genre. You want to tell us about it, how you went around picking this type of genre and not going how nowadays is just R&B, hip hop, stuff like that. Sure. Well, I grew up listening to a lot of the old standards, a lot of the golden age musicals. That's what my parents brought me up listening to. Mm -hmm. And so as I found my own love for singing, that's what I was drawn to. Um, so the album it really is a mix of, of standards, musical theater and French songs. I lived in Paris for several years and that became a part of my my work as well. We were telling the um stu the bunch of our members here at the station, and, and I'm like, I didn't know how they describe it. I was like, opera kind of thing, and they looked at me. They're like, opera. I'm like, I don't know how to d identify the, her type of music, but it was cool. It was unique. It was nothing I heard for such a long time. Yeah, it's not so much opera, but more of a. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a classically trained soprano, but I do more of kind of I do more Broadway style, but yeah. with a classically trained voice. You know, I was I did chorus when I was in high school. I'm 23 years old, and I was always an alto boy. And until puberty hits, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna stop now oh and not gosh. become a singer. So you well, that'll that'll change your voice a little for sure. 100. So you mentioned Broadway. You mentioned your love for that type of music, that genre. Is there any sort of uh, Broadway plays or anything that you like to draw off inspiration from? 
I personally love Les Mis. That's one of my favorites oh my God, of all time. Uh, just remembering going to see that for the first time. It's a different experience when you go there in the theater and you actually listen to the music live and you just see the overall performance. Sure. Live theater is is magical. And, and being there and, and really feeling the orchestra and the performers on stage. Um, I grew up really falling in love with Rodgers and Hammerstein. And so some of the musicals like King and I and Carousel, um, th those those musicals really inspired me early on. So what was the age you started singing? Because you said you've been starting at a young age. So what was the age gap now? And what was the transition like doing it as a full-time kind of thing? Yeah, I, I was always singing as a kid. My dad was always singing around the house. And I would perform um, earlier performances I did as part of the uh, Philadelphia Folk Song Society. They would have a kid's open stage. But my preparation for that just, you know, built and my interest grew. And really, I was 17 when I decided that this is what I had to do professionally. Yeah. Um, I had already taken lessons and was involved in many productions, but there was something that clicked. Uh, when I was 17. You know, I always started singing around the house too, but the only thing was my sister said I was bad and always threw stuff at me and told me that you're a horrible singer. Stop it. You're ruining the song. They hooked you off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, I was lucky to have a lot of encouragement. So So whenever you started your musical journey, um, were there any sort of thoughts about um, the genre or did you already have in mind of what you wanted to do as far as uh, jazz, standards, musical theater, stuff like that? It was already there. It was already ingrained in me. I grew up watching all the old Hollywood musicals. And you know, I think when you when you start to feel a love for Broadway and and and, you know, musical theater, it just becomes a part of you. Um, the old standards are really special. I think, you know, the way they wrote lyrics and the way they express things um, is very different than today's music. And um, there is some a more kind of romantic, uh, kind of old time feel to that, and that that always has appealed to me. I I wonder if I should have been born in a in an earlier time. <laughs> I feel that a hundred percent. And when talking about our love for music, we play all different types of songs here at the radio station. Are there any guilty pleasures in music that you have? Because I always get constant flack where I like the Backstreet Boys. I like country music. It just that That's my genre. That's what I like. Granted, I've been coming around on country music with him, but Backstreet, I always bash him about it. Yes. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Broadway and everything, I, I do have other other interests. Um, I'm a big Leanne Rimes fan, um, speaking of country. There it is. Um, yeah, I mean, oh gosh, off the top of my head, um, was just talking with a friend last night about how much we love the Fugees, you know, <laughs> yep. there's, you know, in 70s and 80s songs, like, there's, there's a lot that I love, love listening to, even if it's not the genre that I sing. Um, growing up, you know, I, I listened to Michael Jackson, Prince, and all these guys, Nelly, T-Pain, all that. If you can have perform with anybody right now on stage, who would you want on a track or on stage with you performing? Somebody who's alive right now? Alive or the passing as well, both you could do. Um, I would have performed with Judy Garland yeah. if, I, if I could have ever been given that gift. If it was somebody of, yeah, more recent years, definitely <laughs> Whitney is a, would have been a dream. Um... <laughs> Judy, Judy was somebody I grew up watching and um, who's, 
presence and, and voice is still there today. Her, the movie just came out about her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Whitney's a, another incredible talent. So you're going to be performing here in New York on March 20th at the Beach House. And I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on performing, like your first time performing on stage. Like what was going through your mind? What were you thinking about? Because I know getting in front of people and performing, whether it be songs, whether it be acting in general, there's a lot of nerves that come with it. Um, I just want to get your opinion on and your thoughts about your first time up on stage singing songs. Yeah, nerves are definitely a part of this, and sometimes you have to fight through it. Um, you have, you know, kind of seeing nerves as a good thing. If they're not there, then then something's wrong. Um, but if you're excited and you love doing this, you're always going to feel a little nervous. Um, once I get up on stage, I think there's always a, a transition moment. Um, and then I just ease into it and I start to really enjoy it, especially when I give shows like I'll do at the Beach Cafe. It, you know, I get to sing songs that I love and, uh, you know, to people that I care about. And it's, it's, it's really a gift to be able to do that. Um, so really, I just try to enjoy it. Working on your songs, which one do you think you had the most enjoy? You enjoyed doing. You know, like you loved listening to it. You loved performing it when you were recording it. What was your favorite song doing? Well, there is a, an original song in the album yeah. called "New York Treasure," and um, it's the first original song that I've ever recorded. Um, I collaborated on it with my music director and arranger Bob Goldstone. I'm really proud of what we were able to do. Um, it it looks back on a past relationship and um, and a very magical moment in New York City. And it was exciting to be able to to record my own lyrics and my own story. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun and exciting. And anytime I get to perform it, uh, it's really exciting as well. So you said you lived in France for a little bit. You're performing here in the States. Is there any difference between the crowds as far as, especially performing all over the place, is there any difference between the crowds as far as like New York crowds versus, I don't know, Midwest crowds or out in California and Vegas? Is there any difference between the crowds or are they kind of all the same? Well, in the U.S., I, I have performed more on the East Coast, Okay, I'll say. Um, but there is a difference between... French crowds and, and American crowds. Um, there's a different way of relating to the audience. And after living in Paris for four years, I started to, to understand the people there more, the humor. So the way I will speak in between my songs is different. The patter, the jokes. Gotcha. You, you really do have to, um, to you know, take into consideration who your audience is. And... Um, but it, it's a lot of fun, and, and I'll change the, you know, the, the songs that I'll sing for a French audience versus an American audience um, for things that, you know, they might relate to more, things that they'll appreciate and get excited about. Um, but in general, I do sing in French and in English basically anywhere I go. So what do you, was it hard to learn the, the sing in France, or was it a natural thing, thing that came to you? Well, I started, I went to France for the first time when I was 13 with my parents and some seed got planted and I, I kept wanting to continue to learn the language. I continued through high school um, and through college and was lucky to have teachers 
professors who really encouraged me to keep with it. Um, I studied abroad in Rennes, in Brittany, and and it was after that that I knew I wanted to go back and maybe sing and live in Paris for a year. And then once I was there, I didn't want to leave. And and once you're living there, learning a language, you know, you if you're really forcing yourself to to interact uh, with native speakers, then you learn it much quicker. Singing in French is is really very fun, and I. I've realized I even express myself differently when I when I sing in French versus English. So performing all over the place and kind of experiencing the world as it be, especially on the East Coast, there's like a, it's like a melting pot of cultures. Is there like an end goal? Is there like a venue that you just like that's the goal? Like some people say Madison Square Garden, some people say the Coliseum. It's all different. Um, what is your like your best venue that you want to perform at? that you wanted to show the world what you can do personally on a bigger platform? I think in general, the, my dream is, is to sing on Broadway. Um, so there, there are multiple venues for that, multiple theaters, but to reach that goal would be a, a great accomplishment. Um, and it's something I'm working towards as, as a lot of my uh, fellow performers are. Um, but it's it's a it's a process, and uh, this album was very much a part of that of 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 building you know who I am and and what I have to offer and uh, but to sing on a Broadway stage here in New York City would be very exciting. Singing at Carnegie Hall would be very exciting as well. Yes, I I can just tell by the way you're talking about your music how much you you put your effort into this. And it's there's always that saying, if you're not gonna put any effort into something, you might as well not do it. But hearing you talk about all the different types of music you've sang over the years, about your performing, I mean, here, Forbidden Drive has 13 songs on the tracks, the track list. And it's just really great to see how much you're putting into this and how much you're willing to expand and go beyond your boundaries as far as singing-wise goes. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, you said Broadway, and there's a lot of people that um, broke out out of Broadway. Hugh Jackman comes to mind, who started off in Broadway, and now he made his way into movies. If you ever made it into Broadway, would you see yourself going into the movie route or staying on Broadway? Oh, I, I mean, I'd be open to other things as well. I think film and television are, are incredible industries, and there are so many opportunities to work with wonderful people. I... I would be open to all kinds of opportunities. Um, for now, if I'm going towards Broadway, the place to be is New York. Um, and so, but if things ex- expand past that, then I'm, I'm always open. Um, also, the thing is, though, on Broadway, if right now there's a lot of Broadway shows, New York City is the place for Broadway. What is one thing would you want to be a part of? What Broadway show would you love to be a part of to see as well? Oh, gosh, there's so much going on. I mean... A current Broadway show? Yeah. Um, a company is on stage right now with Patti LuPone. That's so exciting. Um, but even even plays like Plaza Suite with Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker and Matthew Broderick is coming soon. And things like that really excite me as well. So I just want to tell the audience again, Friday, March 20th at 9.30 p.m., The Beach Cafe. You're going to get your tickets on the thebeachcafe.com. You're going to see, of course, our guest today, Jen Fellman. She's going to be performing live at the Beach Cafe March 20th, 2020. 
definitely and, go check it out. Yeah. If, if you have any social media you want to, so our listeners can follow you. Um, yeah, my social media, you can follow Jen Fellman, uh, J-E-N-F-E-L-L-M-A-N on Instagram for sure. Facebook. Those are both great. And again, don't forget, Forbidden Drive is now currently available on www.broadwayrecords.com. Jen, thank you so much for being part of the Get Comfy podcast. We wish you nothing but the best going forward, and we hope you just kill it out there in the music industry. We're going we're gonna to see her on Friday, March 20th. We, yes. We're going to be there watching her. Friday, March 20th, 930. Go check it out. Thank you guys so much. Thank awesome. you. That about does it here for the Get Comfy podcast. We hope you all enjoyed. Remember, we upload every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major listening platforms. If you like what we do here, go check out the Get Comfy Game Break, available every Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you know what? We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.